1: Hello everybody, it is January 6th, 2021, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I am your host tonight, Justin Labar. Uh, Whether you know you need it or not, tonight we're going to give you a distraction, something to enjoy and have fun with, as we had two great wrestling shows going head-to-head with AEW's uh, Night One of the New Year's Smash and NXT doing their New Year's Evil we're going to go through both shows tonight, both very enjoyable, so if you didn't see all or uh, either, please stick around, because I think there was high points on both shows here, not really anything to, to dwell against. Being joined by two co-hosts, Mr. Matt Morgan on one side, as well as from Forbes.com, Mr. Alfred Canoa. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
2: Great, but let's get this straight. I'm the host. You're the co No, I'm joking. Are we tri-hosts? <laughs> yes, we're
1: tri-hosts.
0: Tri-hosts. That's good. Spin it around. <laughs>
1: I'm the ho- well for this portion. I'm the host, you're, you're the panelist.
2: <laughs> Let me be clear. I want nothing to
0: do with this train
1: wreck.
2: I, I, I'm the um. What do we call me? I'm, I'm the pro. I'm the pro's huh. opinion, right? I'm like Joe Theismann. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're, pra- we're a practice squad. Troy
2: Aikman. I couldn't even say Troy Aikman. Like the, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Like I'm. I'm getting older and older by the day, you guys. With my references. Like seriously, like kids look like I've schools i go speak and the kids are like what the fuck <laughs> like with some of my knowledge like who <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right well uh matt hopefully you'll be with it for all of these uh, uh references and, and segments tonight uh let's kick it off with aew on their uh, night one of their uh, new year smash of course this was an originally gonna be night two but everything got pushed back a week when they did their tribute last week to Brody Lee, very appropriately, uh, we kick it off with some eight-man tag action on AEW. The Young Bucks and SCU up against the Acclaimed and the Hybrid Two. And basically, and I basically saw this match up is obviously athleticism, uh, a gore. This is a you know this is a Young Bucks match. This is an eight-man tag Young Bucks match. There's super kicks. There's uh, incredible sequences. Um, this ultimately ends with uh, a, a mix of, of, of SCU and the Young Bucks. Uh, doing the uh, doing the, the the best moonsault pile driver combo. Ultimately, the Young Bucks and SCU get the victory one two three. And then there's a little post match promo uh, where there's some sportsmanship. SCU's talking about they're not going to be around, but they but they would like to challenge for the tag titles. Uh, I didn't quite grab everything that was happening here. I mean, it was it was it was a feel good uh, moment for SCU. But Matt, would you would you grab of it, it? It's
2: tough, and I watch all, all the episodes being the elite. We say so. I try to pin everything together that I could that I can with their TV storylines. And there was like a tease between Kazarian and Daniels, kind of like breaking up and
1: mm-hmm. said, Hey, this is our
2: last hurrah. Let's just win one, let's win one for the Gipper kind of speech. So they're I guess on their last legs as a tag team, maybe something to that effect is what I took from it. I don't care honestly about the storyline, even though they're both my friends. I care about this match, dude. This match was freaking awesome. I loved the acclaimed, uh, um, um, uh, all of their stuff that they do, obviously. But I loved those four on the opposite side of the ring from uh, the people that we were supposed to, you know, think of the bigger stars, right? The Bucks and FCU. I loved the other four. I would love to see another eight-man tag featuring those four guys again. I love watching that action. They damn, they're so good. They're so good.
0: Yeah, this was nothing but action. There was a lot of flying around from the get-go, and I just absolutely loved it. It never got old. Um, it, you know, it's funny because they've been doing this formula, and I think this might be just in response to how well it does in the ratings, where the Young Bucks will open the show with these long matches, and every time naturally I'm like, yeah, I like the math, but is, like, 30, 20 minutes of wrestling going to really hook people in? But it it's always seems this like kind. it's so great. Yeah, this kind of wrestling where it's high-octane is yeah. just so fun to watch. So, it, you know, I just love this. I had no idea. Uh, Alfred, Justin, I, look, I, I,
2: as, a, as a wrestler, like, and I came up in the Cornet school of, of wrestling, whatever you want to call it, um, of ring psychology being the most imperative thing that you should be caring about as an entertainer, as a wrestler rather, and getting fans to emotionally invest in your matches uh, by first your character and then your body of work in the ring, right? Attack a body part, stay on it. If you're the heel, et cetera, et cetera, your baby face, you got to show fire and, uh, and, and things of that nature. That's all well and good. And uh, so, it's so weird though, like now that I'm out of wrestling, as I became more and more of a fan again, watching it, like I'm liking the stuff that I was taught I'm not supposed to like, like I'm not supposed to like nonsense, not nonsensical, but uh, two over the top spotty spot, 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 spots where they're too much helping each other, if you will. Right. And, and I'm like, I do like it though. I do like it. And uh, I'm I'm very entertained by the athleticism of it all. I I don't give a crap. Um, I know people make fun of the dive spot and stuff like that. When everyone's waiting outside with their, you know, what's in their hands for 10 minutes before somebody comes and jumps on them. You know, I I get all that, but I like it. I do. I I think it's, it's, we keep talking to you guys about how wrestling is going to move into the future. Right. And what's the next big thing. The athleticism is obviously a big part of that. Um, And I do think what you said on the based on the ratings and things of that nature, that it does hold your attention, even if you're not a wrestling fan. You watch that stuff tonight if you're clicking through the channels. Or again, I always use our uh, significant others as the example of the mainstream fan doesn't really watch wrestling. They come into the room and like my wife does all the time. Every time the Bucks or something like that, they're like, "Holy!" She always says she always pops, you know, for some of the athletic stuff that she never saw when I was wrestling. That's for sure.
1: And that's what it comes down to. I mean, it all—it's all a matter of what your appetites for. But for AEW's credit, you know, if you are the you're the newer brand, um, less than two years old, if you are trying to grab new eyes, you're right, Matt. The athleticism of what these guys and girls can do, even if it is over-scripted and choreographed and and against the traditional wrestling model, right. uh, it, it it does grab you. And you're right, significant others. My wife gravitates to the luchador; she gravitates to any of the the high flying stuff, right. even even though it may be very against the x's and o's bases of wrestling you know it, it's, it's all in your appetite for me i appreciate like you matt the appetite but and we'll talk about it in a minute what was nxt put up head to head in the opening segment that that's my death row meal that's what i ultimately crave be- and i'm maybe i'm just more for traditionalist. but yeah it's all a matter nobody's right nobody's wrong it's all a matter of what you're uh no your that was great
0: for.
2: the opening of both shows was the best
0: i've ever seen quite frankly that is a good point, because these were two completely different styles right. of wrestling in both opening shows, and I enjoyed both. Cause, can I say something real quick? They were mm-hmm. done, maybe because they were both done well.
2: They both were. Both extremes, right? Were done well.
1: They were, and they were, and they were some of the best ambassadors on each end. The people doing the NXT style were some of the best ambassadors, and then you got the Bucks, uh, especially on AEW, uh, who can do it, do their style better than anybody. A couple super chats, real quick. Uh, Two dollars from my error. No politics in the chat, please. Time out those who do. Yeah, let's let's keep it wrestling. We yeah, don't need politics guys, tonight. No yeah.
0: distraction tonight, please. ladies and
1: gentlemen. Please. Yeah, uh, yeah, we don't this is this is the distraction, right? Uh Bigfoot Sneakerhead 499. What a night for wrestling. What both up. shows were amazing, just like NXT a little more. Ripley and Gonzalez amazing. Wow for women's Woo! wrestling. Uh yeah, Alfred a run down NXT after get AEW. And again, uh if, if you didn't if you miss anything, stick with this podcast. Ten, both shows tonight were very solid on their own respects. So uh, don't want to shortchange anything. Keeping it going with AEW, John Moxley comes out. This is the first time we've seen Moxley live yeah. on Dynamite Live. Since he lost on December second to Kenny Omega, lost his world title. Moxley coming out, basically knocking a boo-hoo, says, Yeah, that's life, that's this business. Sometimes you end up uh, on the bad side of a deal, sometimes you take it on the chin. But he acknowledges Kenny Omega and that used car salesman Don Callis. Don't forget the you have the boogeyman will forever be lurking over your shoulder. You one day you'll realize you crossed the wrong guy. A little um, little little teaser for what we're gonna get later on here. But uh, good good return promo for Moxley, who's got away with words.
0: Yep.
2: So, yeah, All right. It's
1: a great promo. Sorry. Yep. Uh, backstage, Dasha with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Uh, an update on Trent. I didn't miss this, actually. I guess uh, uh, Trent is going to be out uh, with a torn peck injury for four to five months. So now it's down to tr- Chuck and Orange Cassidy out of the best friends. Here comes Miro, Penelope, and Kip to interrupt. They go back and forth. Uh, uh, Miro basically talks about, uh, you know, oh, you should be doing my car, my laundry. Ultimately, we're going to see next week. <laughs> Chuck versus Miro, and uh, you're using a Japanese term in wrestling, a young boy, uh, basically being a protege, that if Chuck loses to Miro, Chuck will become Miro's young boy until after Kip and Penelope's wedding. Matt, we've been you, we've, you and I especially have been a little bit harsh on them, this whole Miro, Kip, storyline. Do you like this progression of what's happening here?
2: <sighs> if Miro better damn sure win. That's all I know. Sure. Um, although it would be pretty funny. I guess, but I don't want him to be funny. Right. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. And real quick, Torn Peck, uh, to get people in the chat room, stop talking about that stuff. Let's talk about, maybe you guys can make fun of me in the chat room for this one, I'm gratuitously putting myself over with an old man Morgan story. So old man Morgan here was set to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, my only World Heavyweight Championship I was ever going to win, in a little tournament called Bound for Glory Series. It was the very first one we ever had. That thing was set up for me to win. And dumbass here, tears his pectoral muscle. Never got hurt. Now I did. And it was early on in the tournament, right? And I thought we were going to have to have surgery the whole nine. So they had to rewrite stuff. and ended up getting rescripted and rewritten. I want to say it was Bob I forget. who ended up winning this um, tournament. But uh, um, I had to come back like on a broadcast booth and crap like that and i ended up not having to get the surgery i was only ended up being out for like maybe two no maybe like six weeks tops and i was very lucky to rehab it and get it back to where it needed to be so when i heard he tore his pec i was hoping it was like maybe like that where it was something where he'd be able to rehab it and get back in the action a lot quicker than having to go get under the knife. And I would suggest it one more time, not that he's watching this show, but uh, if he does, to get another opinion, just to be safe. If you can stay away from going under a knife for a surgery, you want to do it. Um, and I, ugh, it's just an ugly surgery to get, and it takes forever to come back from. But uh, there's my story, and I'm sticking to it while gratuitous and putting myself over at the same time. Alfred, how many? Light it up.
1: <laughs> Alfred, how many uh, torn pec injuries have you had riding for Forbes?
0: Zero torn pecs. A uh, little carpal tunnel, but no torn pecs just yet. So uh, <laughs> knock on wood.
1: Stay safe out there. Iron Man. Uh, Ethan Kaufman, uh, $5. <laughs> I-, I could watch Rhea versus Raquel a times. Two oh. stars. Somehow Pritchard and Vince will screw them up. If Priest is coming, to okay. watch. <laughs> he becomes a pastor. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll again, we'll touch on these NXT... Uh, I want uh, you guys are paying, so I want to get the comments up there. But again, we, we will get to nxt. I promise. So don't uh don't worry. We yeah. will we will touch on this. If you
2: can get aew while we're talking about it, try to.
1: Jackson Collins four ninety nine MJF responded to a tweet from Wrestling Inc tonight and called whoever whoever <laughs> yeah. writer a dipshit. That's awesome. Do
0: you want to out him? Stooge him out? I don't know who it was. I don't
1: want to stooge him out. I don't even know. <laughs> but What would he
0: say? say? I
1: don't know. This is news to me. Somebody else had to find it. Hopefully, it wasn't Raj the writer. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: we can only win. Oh, I wish it was rise.
1: Uh, so we'll, we'll have to get. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want a writer, but uh, no. and MJF, given given some attention. And All right, right, we'll speak really
0: quickly yeah. about Miro. I really do hate the stuff with Miro yeah. that he's doing this young boy match because it's just again lends itself to more comedy. If he does win, which he should, I don't want to see Miro lose yet. It's just going to be silly segments with him telling the guy what to do, and I just don't like how they're booking right. Miro. It's one of the worst things we are doing in AEW. How they're booking Rusev slash Miro.
1: Well, especially right now, you know, like, all right, maybe I'll give you a pass in the fall when you first get him in there because you're so deep into storylines. But now they are really kind of starting to reset some storylines now. And so there's no excuse. If you want to start making him a viable competitor going after titles, now's the time to do it.
2: Dude, dude, they should have had him freaking super kick. Shit. I can't remember the kid's name through the damn barbershop window already by now. Like seriously, they got to get rid of this other kid that, Yes, he's good in the ring, but he's not a main event star. He's nowhere near it, and Miro is, and especially in that company. Um, anything less, it, they're they're not using him right, and they've had time to realize that, and I, I've got to be honest. I'm such an AEW mark. I don't beat them up enough for that, and, and I should because Miro is a main event talent. If this was WWE, we'd be killing them. I'd be killing them a lot more. So, I, yeah, you're, that's a great call there, Alfred. You're right.
1: Uh, D Gordon, $5, a new Bullet Club with the Bucks, Omega, the Good Brothers, and Jay White. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, again, more stuff we're, we're coming I to here.
2: All of that. Jay White, though, is, ma- is is nasty, by the way. He's great. He is. I yeah. just don't think it is. As-
1: so I just got an update on the MJF uh, comment, and we we'll, will get to it in a second when it comes relevant to the rundown here. So hang on here. All right, so there next up. Speaking of MJF, we have his boy, his enforcer, Wardlow, up against J.K. Or, of course, the story here, these are the two big Bra- the, the two big bulls, the two big enforcers the Inner Circle can't lay their eyes off of each other. They have that this alpha, you know, complex. We finally get the one-on-one match between them. Jericho's on commentary. The rest of the Inner Circle on the uh, stage. And this is look. This was there, there was not one point where either guy had like a a long-standing heat on the other. They just kept matching those two bulls, just hitting at the horns. Uh, really good action here. Wardlow showed off more of his ability to work as a smaller guy, even though we've always told him you don't have to do this. He did did some fast moving sequences. Comes down to the ending here where Wardlow goes up, hits a senton bomb from the top. One, two. Hager turns it into a, 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 a arm triangle submission. Wardlow grabs a rope to break it and then grabs Hager, hits the F10, pins Jake Hager clean. One, two, good. three. This was good.
2: This is exactly what needed to happen. Um, At first, I was a little upset that they didn't give this match uh, more of a center stage spotlight. Um, Originally, when they just said that these two are wrestling each other. But with that said, there's so many storylines in that company that we need to get the ball rolling here with with Wardlow. And this was
0: a very good step in that direction. That's a a great win for him. So I, I was happy to see this. It really was, and Warlow can talk, too. They don't let him talk a lot, but he cut a promo before this match that I thought was really good. There was a few weeks back, he screamed at Jake Hager when he was like, why is this guy looking at me? And he showed a lot of personality and fire there. I thought this match went longer than I thought it would, but it didn't go too long. It was a very good right. match, considering these were two giants, and I just really liked it.
1: Yeah, this was. Yeah, you be if you-
2: careful with two you got to be careful with two big guys going that long, Justin, because right. it does lend itself to be a little bit boring. You always want the shorter talent to be able to create the movement in the action in the ring of the big guy standing in the middle. Like Kevin Nash, you always here to talk. That's yeah, why we see Kevin Nash in his matches, one on one, big man one on one. which you taught me, which is you shoot the little AJ Styles off the ropes, have him duck one, have him duck the second, big boot to the mush, like, like, like little things like that. Just that back and forth in the ropes like that is creating action for me. Makes me look athletic, and I mean, I'm doing anything. And these two big guys, I thought, did a very good job of creating movement in there, which is next to impossible with two big horses. So that was very impressive.
1: And, and well, to the point, Matt, about about these two guys. You know, Wardlow is, you know, he's six two, six three. He obviously is very well built. Next right. to Hag next to Hager, he's shorter. He got dwarfed by Eric Rowan last week, and then what we saw in Wardlow I tonight. That. I hated that. And what we saw in Warlord tonight, there was a sequence where he did a quick roll-up. Look, and, and I, I, told, I think I mentioned this before on the show, you know, knowing him since he started, he can do the senton, he can do some things that a guy like of his size, who is predominantly bigger than most of the AEW roster, it just happens to be the guy right. that is named, and Hager, and, a, and a Rowan. He's yeah. bigger than most, but by by seeing him work the way he did tonight, Matt, part okay. of me wonders, are they going to let him be kind of like the hybrid, where he's a bigger, like kind of a, a like a... Like a, yeah. like a like a Lucha source where he's big, but he can do things
2: that. Yes, I I I, think, I hope the answer is yes. He doesn't need to work a giant style, even though I keep getting on EW for not having enough per se big guy, like giants, not big guys, giants. Um, he's like you said, six foot two, six foot three, maybe six foot four. That, in my book, is not a big man. It, where I come from, a big man. You're a big man when you're 6'6 six, six to 6'8. Six, you're a giant from 6'10 to 7 foot whatever in my weird head of mine. Um, but I think it's better for him not to, although if they were going to continue to book him as a big man, I did not like, you know, I was excited to see Rowan come out and get that little, you know, send off, which that was awesome for all our all of, our, all of us to see. Um, I just like, oh crap! Why is he got to go after Wardlow? He's yeah. like a foot and a half taller than him. No,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> I was like, stay away from him.
1: Yeah, it was again, like
2: Cornette was screaming when I got called up to SmackDown, and immediately they threw me in the ring with Big Show. He like broke his TV over it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Um. So, so, we'll see. But bottom line, Warlow gets a big win. If you watch this match, you'll notice Hager, who you know, doing the a good veteran thing made Wardler look really good in some, in some different spots. So yes. a good win here post-match. They yes. do give each other a fist bump, a little acknowledgement of respect inner circle joins them. So uh, we'll yes. see how things uh, progress. Uh, a super chat from Carlos. Oh, I don't know what currency that is, but it, that's a lot, It's a lot of digits. Hey, Matt that's Omega versus lot, yes. yeah. <laughs> Omega versus Phoenix was awesome. I'm wondering how do you carry out a match with the wrestler who doesn't speak English? Uh, I guess referring to Phoenix.
2: Great question. Great question. Enter my uh, uh, um, problem. When I first went to Japan, <laughs> you count, you you count, you make very good friends with the referee. Number one, yeah, and you utilize the crap out of the referee. I mean, you really have to utilize them. But then, I'll be honest. In pro wrestling, there are things called there. There's a spot called an international spot that every wrestler of, of all different languages and backgrounds knows. It's simply, a, I believe, if I remember this correctly, it's a shoot off, uh, like hip toss, arm drag, body slam, something like that.
1: Shoulder there, tackle, or, and the yeah, they're,
2: they're, they're all, but, but they call it the universe. They call it universal spot. Um, I'm sorry, international. It's it's literally called international um, for that reason. And um, yeah, you, you, when you're in the ring of each other, you read each other's body language a lot of the time. But r- the real question here, and why I'm even more impressed is because they're not Matt Morgan wrestling against uh, another, like, bigger Japanese wrestler, let's say, where it's going to be like a knockout-dragout fight. These are guys that are doing crazy high spots. Do you know what I'm saying? So what they do is they go into the ring, which I wasn't a fan of doing this when I was wrestling, but they do. They go into the ring, and they practice it, they practice it, and they practice it. They talk backstage, and they memorize what they're going to do out there. You have to, with the crazy high spots these guys are doing, the risks they're taking. I'm normally not a fan of that. But what I just say at the opening of the show tonight, I was super impressed with that eight man. Believe you me, zero of that crap was called out there. That was memorized. That was rehearsed. And I don't care. I was entertained by it. But to break the language barrier, like you're saying, you've got to go through those spots. There's no way around that because you need to be able to make sure you're safe. Especially with Ray Phoenix and all the crazy stuff he does. He is so damn good. I love watching him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I actually think – I don't know for sure. I don't know them really well. I, I know I know Penta does not speak English really to the boys, but I, I think Phoenix uh, a little bit. But it's all valid. You're right, though. Practice a great question. It is. And I think and you can also get away with it better right now when you really don't have a ton of fans. You know, calling in the ring has always been a benefit of because when you have a live crowd and to make audibles based upon what the live crowd is, is reacting to. But in this case where you have minimal crowd, if any, and your ringside sound is all being manufactured by – uh, workers, um, you know, yeah, I think, I think the rehearse match is going to give you a better no, quality.
2: No, Justin, no, no, no. Uh, I'll argue you because you don't have the fans that rehearsed match that you talked about backstage and you went through, you know, backstage spot for spot, right. Yeah. And you memorized it. You don't have to change it on the fly because there are no fans out there to tell you they're not buying. No, that's what everybody. I'm saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. It, the yeah, call ring. So they in the just wing. get
2: to stick to the script. Yes. As they planned it backstage and right. don't have to worry about anything else. That's what I'm
1: saying, because your ringside guys and girls are gonna follow the the program you won. You don't have to worry about calling an audible against an unruly crowd. That's what I mean. Is that you can get away yeah, with it the even fan,
2: the fans didn't yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's right now you can do it more. Uh, another super chat real quick here. Uh, it's Z for five dollars. Right now, Raj is downstairs in his club basement blasting blinding lights, shirt off and doing money angles with Monday's super uh. chat. Great show, Monday tonight. <laughs> There, there, there's a visual for everybody
0: yeah, thanks for putting that in my mind <laughs>
2: Jesus <laughs> oh wait 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 Alfred you have not been ble- hang on Justin he's not been blessed yet with uh, uh, a manscape ad where Raj <sighs> Glenn gasses Raj up on nights that he's drinking on here and gets him to like take off his shirt and show his uh, manly shaven chest
1: it's a thing called Friday Night Raj. <laughs> where, uh, he starts the wine early, then he moves into the Scotch or the Jack Daniels, and he starts blasting blinding lights, and he starts cutting promos on Dave Meltzer. And <laughs> he's in a satin robe. and <laughs> Dude, you guys have
2: all seen the gangster uh, uh, memes out there, right? When somebody says something funny or gangster, they've like seen the meme where they put like, the shades on. The glasses, the, the, yeah. the cigarette okay. hanging out of the mouth. And then the doctor drained the background. Da, 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 da. That's okay. Raj on Friday nights, Alfred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> somebody please make a meme of that. <laughs>
1: Raj, is like, Raj is like Jamie Kennedy in Malibu's Most Wanted where he's like, everybody here is packing a nine. It's a nine iron at a country club. <laughs> <laughs> all right keeping it going uh backstage we have private party they have some gin but they forgot the juice enter snoop Dogg with the juice uh snoop dog of course a special guest tonight he's uh setting up for the big reality show he's got or game show he's got with uh, cody Rhodes uh, tomorrow matt hardy shows up with paper for private party matt hardy he's gonna make them kings and he's he's their agent he he wants 30 percent uh, double check some details he said but don't worry the third party stuff was allowed cameo twitch i'm not a tyrant <laughs> a little little knock at wwe very fun stuff here
2: this was this was good. This was good actually good usage of snoop i popped for snoop popping in there i did yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm a snoop martin um but uh sorry i'll go ahead bro that's all i had
0: I was going to say my favorite version of Matt Hardy, and I've said this before, is just when he's working out a new character, this is just when he's at his best, when you can tell the creative juices are flowing and he's developing something, and that's where he's at with this character. And he just, every time I see him, he just knocks it out of the park, whether it's BTE or doing stuff like this. I just love this heel Matt Hardy iteration.
2: He's been doing it in BTE too a little bit. and I, I dug it. I like it. He makes everything about him. Like, you see how he explained away how, like... He didn't steal the win away from them uh, on one of the being the elite series. Like he's still one of their victories away from them in a six-man tag. And like his explanation was hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, Anna, and if, if you can do multiple personalities, I'm always a fan of the three faces of Foley thing. I like when you can get, you know, you know money, Matt Hardy. I like I when you can get broken Matt. I like it all.
2: I think he's really though getting into this though. I think he's. It's now a couple times. It's more. You know what I mean. I don't want to like curse it, and then like next week he's, oh yeah, Matt Hardy again. But, Like <laughs> it's. You know what I mean, or whatever carnation he's going to be. This one I dig. I do.
1: Well, speaking of uh, different carnations, uh, <laughs> four ninety nine for Matt Morgan's Great frosted Nation. tips. Matt Morgan's frosted tips. What is your favorite version of Raj? Monday night, Raj. Big money, Raj. Manscaped Raj. Friday night, too good for the fans, Raj.
2: Ooh, <laughs> what about Wednesday night, too good for the fans? No. Was he on Monday? Did Raj do? No. How about no night is too good for, Raj is too good for this show? It wasn't frosted. I a frosted tips. I used to have frosted tips. <laughs> I did think that was over. And if those of you that are thinking that's funny... In 1999,
1: it was over. Matt Morgan's Frosted Tips is right there next to John Cena's bald spot. It just is what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> John
2: Cena has a bald spot. I don't have Frosted Tips.
1: Once upon a time. I don't
2: have enough hair to have Frosted Tips.
1: Alejandro Villarreal, $5. I like. Uh, I just like how great Phoenix looks tonight against Kenny the same with Metal League for Santos Escobar. Maybe I'm biased with the Mexica, uh, Mexican Luchadores. Yeah, if you like that style, there was a lot I- tonight.
2: I like Kenny.
1: Kenny's match much better. Sorry. Uh, oh, got one more that popped in there, man. You guys are happy to speak tonight. Um, all right. Uh, we got uh, $5 from uh, DNA of TNA Morgan fans. Silver lining, guys, for wrestling this year. If Goldberg wins title, Miz cash in. Also, if Goldberg loses, makes Drew reach next notch as babyface. So he's doing a little fantasy booking here with WWE. He's
0: booking Miz to go over Goldberg with Money in the Bank?
1: It would appear so. Oh, God. Yeah. Yikes. Great name though. <laughs> that was a good name. Uh, yeah, I I don't. Yeah, could you don't. picture that? No.
0: As like <laughs> as wild as as much as WWE's lost the plot. Could you ever picture the Ms. Pinning Goldberg for any reason? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't think I could.
1: No. All right. Uh, up next, Team Taz out to the ring for the weigh-in between AEW TNT Champion Darby Allen and Brian Cage. That will be your main event next week. Uh, we get Brian Cage. He weighs in at a uh, hearty and hefty 272 pounds, and then Darby Allen steps on the uh, scale, 170 pounds. So, a hundred pound difference here. And then Taz, like, oh, well, it's a hundred pounds. But well, look, he's got shoes on, and Allen's got a belt on, and all this stuff. Allen grabs the skateboard and basically says, "This is not a nine month storyline. This is a 27 year storyline. I've been dealing with shit like this from people like you my entire life. So let's just go ahead and get to the get to what's going to happen." expecting there to be a big uh, jump of him. And just as he gets ready to defend himself, once again, lights come out. Stop me if you've heard this one. Snow comes out. Here comes Sting. All team Taz is scared away by Sting. Sting and Darby Allen and tall. There's a, a little more of a, I excha- it's a stare down exchange between Sting and Allen. Of course, the question again is being asked, what is the connection here? Matt Morgan, this has been the same thing now for a couple of weeks. Are you still into this? Do you, do you care?
2: I, I we can't call him Allen. It feels weird. I gotta call him gotta call him Darby. I know the report probably calls him Alan, but it doesn't feel like an Allen, right? It's just Darby.
1: Yes, um, I am I am reading eh, the thing. You're right.
2: Eh, 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 but that's the they report. I know. Um I love I, I love the setup of it. I love that they're gonna be doing something. I do. Am I a spoiled wrestling fan? You guys could tell me I am. I don't have hurt feelings here. Chat room you as well. Am I spoiled by saying I think we're seeing Sting too much?
1: Uh, I don't think it's too much. I just think that every, every week we see him, it's been, it's been rinse-repeat. So there's just this anxiousness of like, come on now, get with it.
0: Yeah, there's nothing advancing. I, I have no problem with long-term storytelling. One of my favorite storylines of all time was Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man heading into WrestleMania Five because that was a year-long buildup that they started that build at WrestleMania Four. Uh, but they kept advancing it to where it built to a fever pitch. This is just in a holding pattern where we're just seeing the same segment uh, every single week. But I did like the new TNT title. I thought that looked really awesome.
2: It was. It's pretty fresh. I, I And dude, even like Hogan Orndorff, and like there was yeah. like Bundy breaking his ribs, right? Like those were very long term storylines and they were very well done. Um, and we were into them, but they moved little by little. Um, this is, you guys are correct. It is rinse and repeat. It is. But um, I I don't know. I don't want to say I'm sick of staying because that's ridiculous sounding uh, in of itself. But uh, I don't know. They got to do something with these two. Like I'd almost rather to see them backstage, bump into each other or, or something. They could have done and gotten the same sentiment out of it. I thought.
1: Well, and with this, this being and with this being advertised, I think they said so that this is going to be the main event next week of Darby versus Brian Cage. You. This is the that a main event situation is the perfect time for us to finally get the next to finally get some progress. Where you know, maybe Sting attacks Team Pass with a bat, but maybe we get a little bit more. Okay, why is he taking a liking the Darby? I've seen uh, our chat room and, and and social media. I've seen you know as ridiculous things of Darby is <laughs> Sting's long lost son, or just Darby's is just his protege, whatever. We, we just need something more at this point. So I think we'll get it next week, hopefully. Uh Backstage, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: God, sorry.
1: <laughs> Backstage, MJF brings a cameraman into a room. Jake Hager is super mad about his loss. MJF tells Hager that he should be proud of himself. He got in and out of the ring, which doesn't always happen in pro wrestling. He's still undefeated in the octagon. Hager says MJF almost dropped uh, when he came into the room, but he's cool and he gets a fist bump. Uh, Hager then leaves. So this is where uh, our <laughs> MJF gives uh, uh, a unpleasant shout to Wrestling Inc. comes in. Thank you to Jackson Collins for bringing this to my attention. Uh, so MJF... So This is a tweet from Wrestling Inc. that MJF isn't going to reply to. Wrestling Inc. tweeted tonight, MJF gives Hager some reassurance backstage, really acting like a leader these days. Anyone else notice he was wearing a maroon suit when he was on the ramp for the match, being MJF, and a gray suit for this backstage segment to which MJF replied to this tweet and said, ever heard of lighting? Same suit, dipshit. So... (laughs) Wow!
2: Uh, know what I know, know what he should have said? Because I'm rich and I can. Yeah. Because he's got, he's got he's got he's got that many he's got that many suits. He changed it in a matter of minutes. I'm glad the air was, was like was that, 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 that wasn't a faux pas. Do we
1: know? I I don't know. I I did I, personally, and I'm watching. Mind you, I'm watching two screens. I'm watching NXT and AEW. I didn't even notice that. So. Oh God! Here we go. Thomas Miles,
2: 499 super chat. Didn't like me not liking calling him Allen. Obviously, Darby Allen's name comes from two punk singers, Gigi Allen and Darby Crash. That's amazing. No thank you. But I, I'm just saying, when we, when, when I as a wrestling fan, I think of Darby. When people just say Allen, I don't think of Darby Allen. I, you say Darby, I think of Darby Allen. That's all.
1: I'm with you. All right, uh, back. Thank you. Thank
2: you for the four ninety nine Wikipedia. I appreciate. it.
1: Raj, thanks you. Uh, Alex Marvez backstage. He's got Jurassic Express with him. Marco stunts all fired up. Here comes FTR. They cut off Marco stunt. They say, "What do you even do? You're glorified mascot, you little midget." And Marco stunts going all crazy. He says, "Next week, FTR up against us." <clears throat> Tells Lucha Source, "I'm taking your spot." So next week it's going to be uh, Jungle Boy and Marco yeah. stunt up against FTR. I haven't,
0: I haven't seen FTR in forever. I feel like it's been. Months since they wrestled. Great. Right. So, so FTR getting heat on what Marco stunt
2: in that match will be yay entertaining until Jungle Boy gets a hot tag. I love Jungle Boy. Lo- we all love, obviously, uh, um them as well. It's just I don't know Marco stunt sometimes hurts them every once in a while, and uh, I don't know.
1: I also think if you're gonna have Jungle Boy in the or actually if you're gonna have Marco in the tag match. I think it's better to have Marco as the obviously very wee little guy, and then have big old Luchasaurus there with him. Having Marco and Jungle Boy, the two—I don't know—it just—it seems weird. To have the, Why would you tell it takes the away biggest
2: from Jungle Boy? It takes—it takes away Jungle Boy. Yeah, it's his turn to get the heat on him, and yeah. you get sympathy for him because he sells his tail off. He's so good at it. Not it, many talents today are good at selling. Jungle Boy can sell. I love Jungle Boy.
1: Exactly. It, it's it's much more fitting to have. It's much more fitting for the hot tag to go to the biggest guy you have in your in your group in Luchasaurus. Yes. So it's just weird to have him on the yes. outside. Yes.
0: They've got like a pre bird thing going Absolutely. on, and usually it's the big guy with Marco or the big guy with Jungle Boy. They usually never right. do those two together. So we'll see how it works. You know. You know. I know it's for, a weird
2: for for good reason. Doesn't let me ask you a question, Alfred. Does that make them stupid for listening no, not to at all. him?
0: For, okay. Yeah, it's really that's exactly what it should be. But uh, you have a
2: six foot you have a six foot eight monster as part of your three man tag, and uh you let little Marco stunt run his mouth to get them in the match versus them. And you, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Oh, I you mean, you mean, uh, Boy Marco Stunt that makes them dumb for, for accepting the challenge. Oh yeah, kind of getting tricked into it, right? Yeah. Yes. Instead of saying, yeah. you know, you know what I mean, and then have
2: you know, Lucha Star step as, you know in front of him, like no, 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 right. it's gonna be, you know, what I mean, something like that. I don't know, because that'd be a great tag match. That'd be a great angle. Quite frankly, I'd, I'd pay money to see those for work. I would.
1: Uh, here's a random super chat from Jody Shauna Jenkins, Canadian, five dollars, completely random and off topic. But James do you guys Shana. remember? Do you guys remember the Ken Patera in ring segment when he blew up a hot water bottle with his mouth? Yes. I don't remember that. either. Are you me?
0: Absolutely, yes. I go
2: look that So up. I do. Ken, uh, Ken Patera. They were they were having him do random like World Strongest Man type of things, akin to like one Mark Henry. But, but that's a legit shoot. What she's talking about, or he's talking about, whichever the two did make that comment. Um, that's great. Shows me your age too, by the way, guys. Now I like you <laughs> more because you're my age. That means. <laughs> but Ken Patera, dude, my dad loved Ken Patera
1: all right up next here we got cody with snoop dog taking Arn's place this week as cody's <laughs> coach he's got the he's got the play calling sheet and everything uh up against matt sidell uh cody gets a has a special entrance song a, a remix to his music that snoop Dogg did uh jericho on commentary snoop dogs jumped aew snoop dogs jumped aew so uh Really, really hamming it up. They got Snoop Dogg, who, of course, has been a, a regular WWE supporter at Celebrity World. Uh, a good match here between these two, of Cody and Seidel. I, again, one uh, to check out. Cody ultimately uh, dodges uh, Seidel's uh, jumping knee strike, hits the crossroads, gets the victory, one, two, three. Earlier in this match at one point, they ended up hitting um, uh, uh, Luther and, and Luther's partner, um, his name's escaped me, uh, Serpent. Uh, nobody cares. Thank you. Thank you, Alfred. Sir anyway, go. Yeah. He and Luther hit the ring immediately after the match. They attack both Sidell and Cody. Uh, so who's going to be the extra man? Who's going to be the equalizer? Snoop Dogg, of course. Snoop Dogg, uh, after Cody and Seidel regain control, uh, Snoop Dogg climbs up on the top rope. Uh, you know, he's a tall, lengthy fellow. He's a little unsure up there. You can see he's the fear six in his face. He's a lengthy dude. Does an awkward splash, but man, he hits a splash. He pops up, and he is having so much fun uh, doing that. And then Snoop Dogg actually gets a pin, and Cody counts one, two, three. Unofficial, as Jericho reminds us on commentary. That's what, that that victory by Snoop Dogg's yes. unofficial. Uh, but a fun segment here. Great, again, great. I mean, look, if you're flicking channels and you see Snoop Dogg, that's something, right? Depending on who you are.
2: It is real quick. Can you hear me? Okay, is my volume shitty? You're good. I can hear you. It feels like there's a delay again. Um, Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head, though. Like, this Snoop Dogg was on their station. Snoop Dogg was on their wrestling show tonight. Um, Snoop Dogg's a very big deal. I'll remind everybody this company's still in its first year, correct? If I got it that right?
0: Uh, Uh, Second year now. We're beginning their second
2: year. Okay. That's that's a pretty good get. Shaq, just like what? uh, Like, uh, less than a month ago. Mm -hmm. And now you get Snoop. I I don't know. This company's. Doing, I think doing very, 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 very well for themselves.
0: And it's always good when you get a celebrity that big who wants to be part of the product. It's not like he was there awkwardly just plugging something. He really I, seemed like he was having a great time there. I mean, that splash was so awkward to watch, but it was so funny. Uh, and uh, yeah. and Snoop just when he was going in and high-fiving the announcer, just looked like he was having the time of his life, which is always good to see uh, You know, for wrestling fans so that they can kind of accept these celebrities into the, the wrestling world. Dude, yeah
2: let's be clear. Snoop is a legitimate wrestling fan. Yeah. Snoop could like go back and, and list all his favorite storylines when he was younger. Like he grew up with it. Like the rest of us did, you know? So I appreciate that.
0: And, and he's that's got what, songs in two different companies now.
1: He does. And that's what's interesting. You know, Snoop, uh, you know, again, they all were, they had, they had the banners on the ring aprons. They had it all around the barricades. You know him, he's doing the, the go big show variety show with Cody Rhodes that, that debuts tomorrow, January 7th. So obviously there was a TNT, there's a Turner connection, that, that show's going to be on TBS. But yeah, he's a wrestling fan, so he shows up willingly. You know, I saw jo- I saw jokes on social media, it's jokes, but it is a real thing because we've seen WWE's been a little spiteful. I'll be curious when the next time Snoop Dogg gets an invite from WWE to come around because we've seen them be a little spiteful of... Uh, of-
2: he, just op- he just opened up. That new t-shirt stuff with, with like Undertaker. Those are, those are very successful t-shirt sales. I'm just wondering, like, have they completely still closed that down? Do we know?
1: Don't know. The
0: website for it or something like that? He There's also a link it, to it he that al- I heard he al- they took down.
1: He also does his, what? His cousin, Sasha Banks' theme song.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious to see if Sasha Banks goes back to her old theme music this Friday. If she does, you'll know why.
2: That's a damn shame. If so, I'm sorry. That's friggin' That's small... WWE, you're a conglomerate. You're the New York Yankees. Settle down. It ain't going to kill you.
1: Dust the neck, $5. You guys see that Brody Lee Jr. and Marco stunted a perma battle in AEW Dark. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was good Great. stuff.
2: No, I'm sure you watch Dark and I missed this one.
1: Okay. Check this out. Uh, uh, Tony Khan even made a point to say that uh, Brody Lee Jr., uh, eight year old Brody, uh, wrote the dialogue. And it's some it's pretty good dialogue. He talks about how. The next time I fight you, referencing when he's 18 years old, has his AEW contract, I'm going to be much taller. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it's a good little promo. And, and and Tony Khan said this was all Brody Lee Jr. Uh, and, and Tony said, go out and go ahead and do this.
0: <clears throat> Fought off the and everything.
2: I love I, – I'm dead serious. I love Tony Khan more and more. I'm being dead serious. I love this. This is feel-good stuff. And those that – I can't imagine anybody, like, crapping on this. I hope not.
1: Hang on. I, comments are flying up. I don't mean to hit. Can we you guys I, not hear me? Not here. No, it's good, Matt. And, and, and you know, the, we talked, I talked about it earlier today on, on the Wrestling Daily. You know, there was a video of Natty and uh, Tyson Kidd and, and, and Liv Morgan, a video that, that Brody, that John Huber's um, wife Amanda posted on her Instagram of Brody Lee Jr. wrestling in the ring and, and training in a sense with, with, with some of these other wrestlers. And, uh, you know... I, I've never. I have not lost my father yet. I, I I have not had to experience that loss, so I can't relate to him. But it's 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 all this stuff that's going on with Brody Junior. and the family. I just think it's got to be some kind of not only comfort you have, comfort, but like almost like a welcoming distraction. You know, you just lost your father, but like this kid is getting yeah. to like uh, do all this stuff. And I, don't know, I just I don't I don't really know how to articulate it, but it makes me feel good every time I watch it. And I hope it's
2: when you got somebody like Brody. When you have somebody like, like like Brody that meant so much to so many different people, which is obvious, the boys are the same. You know, the boys take care of the boys. Yeah. Um, same thing with their families. This is you, You're just seeing it in a different way. The other the way a lot of times it happens is they pay for tons of stuff for their kids, uh, things that just go unreported that nobody really knows about. Um, but this is really a lot of people doing a lot, which is, it says so much about, you know, Brody. It really does.
1: It does. Up next, we got some AEW women's action. Uh, So AEW women's champion, Hakara Shida. She's the champion up against the challenger, Mm -hmm. Abaddon. Uh, This is a very smoke and mirrors match. It actually goes two segments. Two segments, they go to the picture in picture. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts, Abaddon even runs to the stage, charges Shida. Uh, Again, a lot of brawling. A kendo stick to the head. Ultimately, we get to Abaddon chasing Sheeta under the ring. Sheeta comes back out. Abaddon is bit into her. Then we get into some more traditional wrestling uh, back and forth. Ultimately, though, Sheeta does get the victory by pinfall. I'll, I'll reserve my opinion here in a moment. Let's go to Matt first. Uh, uh, AEW Women's Championship match. Sheeta gets the a victory no, in a very unusual match. No, nothing. This did nothing
2: for me. Nothing. I don't think she should be their champion. No offense to her. Um, this is the only like, semi-weak thing they have in this company is how they're showcasing their women's division. They've got girls that can freaking go. And I'm not saying she can't go. She can. Um, but her character, there's nothing whatsoever developed about her character. I don't know anything about her. I don't know what makes her tick. I don't know what her was it her dream to be a wrestler her whole life? Did somebody tell her, you'll never have a shot of hell being a wrestler, and now she is? Like, what do I know about her? I know nothing. Nothing. I know more about Ab... Uh, um, how do I say her name?
1: Abaddon. Abaddon.
2: Abaddon. Then I do the the women's champ. Because Abaddon, what you see is what you get. She's like the Amazon from pro ra- the, the Nintendo game Pro Wrestling. Those of you guys know what I'm talking about, she's the, the uh, character that comes out and literally bites you like Amazon did. You know what you're going to get from her. She's a monster and she's going to bite you and she's going to do this, she's going to do that. You get what you get from her. You know it right away. With I'm a big fan of that. I don't know what it is. I just think of the belt. I think that the, the 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 belt is on the wrong talent. I think it's been on the wrong talent for quite a while. Um, and, and they just have better girls like even Penelope. Penelope Ford. They've done nothing with her to get her where she should be by now as a singles act bigger star. I'm not, she should be champion. I'm just saying, she should be much further along than just being, you know, in this wedding storyline the yada, yada, yada. There's a lot. I'm saying my point is there's more good talent in this division they, that are not being utilized. That's all I'm saying.
1: They advertise next week, Serena Deep and... Tay Conti for the NWA Women's Championship. They do more. They do better okay. linear. They do better That's linear, bad. consistent booking for the NWA Women's yes. Championship than they do their own championship. they do. And Matt, you were just 100. saying. You, you were just saying that, Yeah, I agree with you. she can uh, work, but there's no connection. What, what's special about her? Britt, Britt, Baker again. I go back to Britt. What? She's your, oh. she's your best you got in terms of consistency.
0: You know what's crazy about Britt yes. Baker is that this run yes. that she's had, yes. she's like at the end of this really good heel run where she's never even gotten the title. And if she wants to get the title right now, I'm not saying it's too little too late, but it's like, well, what the hell took you guys so long where they've had this dynamic character? Why did Sheeta have to have the title all this time? I've seen a lot of good Sheeta matches, but I've know. never been excited for a Sheeta match going in.
1: No, I haven't, I haven't either. And I, I know, Britt, you know no. Britt will probably take the title. I know Britt does not want to all of a sudden become babyface again. I think she's enjoying this heel run. Yeah, this this women's division has just been this women's division has just been weird. This look, uh, Abaddon visually is very interesting, and Jericho and all of commentary sold it. Jericho even tried to stop saying gimmick. He's trying. I don't even say gimmick. He's like, this woman lives this life. So that was good. She visually looks freaky as f. Different color contacts, the blood. Yeah. She is, she is green. Yeah. She so they wanted two segments of this match. Sure. She can't do a traditional two segment. Or, or, I can't. I don't want to say she can't do it, but uh, asking her to do a two segment traditional wrestling match with Sheeta probably wouldn't have been as good. So I understand the whole smoke and mirrors, the, the gimmicks of blood. But yes. at the end, at the end of the day, try to find a no contest or something. I know AEW doesn't like to do that, but all of a sudden building and talking all about this Avidon character, and then she ends up getting pinned by this this whatever Sheeta finish. Yes. Kills it kills everything about her, it's
2: stupid. It kills her, and she's a monster again. You guys, when you're a monster, you've got to be incredibly carefully booked more than any other talent, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, you talk about her being a little bit green and whatnot. Um, and, and I'm doing like smoke and mirror, but like, dude, I don't want that from her. I don't want her in, in a two segment hold for hold, catches can, or high spot style match. I want to see what I was seeing, I want to see her biting, right? I want to see her being a monster. It's different. That's
0: what I thought the finish was going to be. When I, I was thinking they're going to get counted out and she's going to be bleeding. And this is going to be great for Abaddon. And then they just kept the match going and they beat her. I, I thought it was very deflated.
1: Yeah. Uh, and they did. They, uh, to $2 for Brett Murphy, it's time for Britt Baker to challenge for the title. They did announce next week yes. a, new, a new segment. Britt is going to do a debut of a segment called The Waiting Room. Sounds like a Piper's Pit kind of thing. That's going to have.
0: Women on AEW Dark.
1: Oh, it's going to have Cody We've on been it. watching it. Oh, oh, is that?
2: It's actually really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah.
1: I, I, thought yeah. Had, I thought this I thought this up for dynamite. They haven't,
2: put it, they, haven't, they haven't put it on dynamite, I don't think, yet. I could be wrong. I've just been seeing you know. it on YouTube uh, week after week.
1: So I think it's gonna be on dynamite next week. So that'll be the first time for it to go on dynamite. So
0: it's good. Oh dude, Justin, you haven't seen it yet? You'll love it. Watch Marco stunt on there. He sings on there and he's incredible.
2: Dude. Oh <laughs> dude, he crushed it. Crushed yeah. it. Dude, I couldn't believe how good he is. He's a really good singer, dude. Like a professionally good. He's
0: yes. a legitimately, like, I, I don't want to insult the guy, but he that's what he should be doing, yes. honestly. <laughs> dude, I, like dude, like I was going to say, the same thing.
2: A- I was gonna say yeah. Tony Khan. You need to be producing his CD, dude, because he is yeah. that good. And I could see girls all loving him. And, what, dude, yes, I agree.
1: Marco Stunt—he'll be uh, singing at the, the halftime show for the Jacksonville Jaguars next season, <laughs> apparently. I all right, you
2: think you gotta see it, dude?
1: I'll watch. I'll watch. I, Matt, I know you. You, 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 send get, it to you I know you get all into the to the to the dark and the being the elite stuff. So I always I trust your your judgment. All right, main event time. Um, Kenny Omega with Don Callis, your champion for AEW, up against Ray Phoenix <laughs> uh, again. An athletic as hell match. I thought at one point Kenny Omega was going to break his neck at the way he took a German suplex. Uh, again, entertaining match. We talked about styles. What's your appetite? What do you want? Watch the match. Uh, overall, Omega uh, hits the one in uh, one winged angel. Pinfall one, two, three. But the real story coming out of this is what happens after the fact. So Don Callis gets in the ring. He says, go ahead and end his, though they show a video of, uh, Eddie Kingston and and, and and the Butcher and Blade, they're beating up Penta. They're beating up Pac. So that's why uh, Phoenix has no help coming to his aid. And now uh, Callis is saying, go ahead, Kenny, go ahead and end his career. Here comes John Moxley. John Moxley comes out with a barbed wire baseball bat to beat up Kenny and come to the aid. And then after that, we see the Good Brothers. Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Impact Tag Team Champions. They come out, they attack, and now you have them along with Don Callis and Omega. They are fighting off, you know, Brian Pillman. They're fighting off Brian Pillman Jr. They're fighting off all the different people coming from ringside of AEW. Jericho's noting it's, that a, it's, a, it's a hostile takeover. Who's going to come? Uh, and then all of a sudden, here comes the Young Bucks. <clears throat> the Young Bucks. If somebody's going to come save the company, shouldn't it be two of the EVPs, right? Yes. The Young Bucks yes. come out, and now all of a sudden, we have this moment that commentary is selling really well, of like, well, hey, you know the Bucks got history with Gallows and Anderson and Omega, and then all of a sudden Omega, Gallows, and Anderson they hold up the two sweet sign, and the Bucks reciprocate, and that's how we go off the air. Matt Morgan, you're a big elite fan. You follow. You're an AEW Mark. You follow all of this. Are you on the hook,
2: dude? Yes. Are you kidding me? My head was exploding. Yes, I love this. Love, love, love this. I was going to be like, I'm like, oh, they're going to already go through this. They're going to super kick them. Oh, no. Don't. And then when they did, when they actually did the two sweet and they did it back, I was like, F, yeah, this is awesome.
0: Loved it. Yeah. Took me completely by surprise, and I just loved how they went off the air like this. I grew up with Saturday morning wrestling where every week they would go off the air with some big angle that leaves you wanting more, and this is exactly what this was. I just completely loved this. I didn't expect the Young Bucks to turn this soon. And, you know, I actually kind of thought that this was going to sure. set up a tag team feud between the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers, but then they all kind of aligned together, and I have no problem with this.
1: Uh, Alfred, I'm just so, like you.
2: So, so really quick. good. Go ahead, Josh. I that Go ahead, right,
1: bro. No, 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 sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I'm just like you. When I when I'm I'm looking, I'm like, okay, here's the best tag team Impact has to offer. So if we're gonna have a best tag team from Impact and then and, and then the single star who's under Impact's whatever in, 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 in Omega, when the Bucks came out, I'm like, okay, yeah. Bucks and Moxley, this is a good six man tag. So that's where I was going. It is. So and and they swerved me so, right there.
2: So here's my thing. I don't want to throw a wet towel on this. I don't. I'm hoping I am wrong. I pray that we get to continue this awesomeness of the bowl club being back. But what happens if young bucks just set that up just for next week to be like, ha ha, just kidding. F you. Then they like, you know, they're not really it.
1: Well, well, and that's a great point, Matt. And, and, you know, we've, you know, on impact, we've been seeing the, Cause
2: they went off the air.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great point. There's a lot of questions to be answered. You know, on Impact, we've been seeing the NWO-style paid advertisements by AEW with Shivani and Tony Khan, and this is really the only on-screen involvement Tony Khan's had since his company's inception. And so it does, you're right, with the Bucks being who we know, two people who are the foundation of AEW who are now aligning with this Impact insurgents, Like, yeah, where do you go? Like, does does Tony Khan surface in this? Like, what I mean, it's you know,
2: it's a good question, man. That's a good question. Um, I hope not, I hope they stay the bull club, I hope they continue this. But like, we do lose a pretty sweet dream match, tag team match, you know what I mean, in this, which okay, I'm okay with for the greater good of the visual of seeing them all together, like a true mark. I admit, it, at least, I like it. I dig it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, the, you know, it's it's great that we have these things to talk about because, you know, you talk about, okay, Impact, AW, you know, uh, you know uh, Moxley showed up in a pre tape uh, to New Japan just recently with Wrestle Kingdom. So, I mean, it does leave all these, leave the speculation of, like, okay, what could they all, you know, are they all behind closed doors talking? What are they trying to build to maybe down the road? So, a lot of things to talk about and speculate about. It is exciting. So, uh, AEW, yeah. a big way to go off again. They have Night 2 next week, which, of course, will be here for New Year's Eve or, or New Year's Smash uh, Night 2. Right. Uh, but that was that. So, very exciting. Uh, we've already we spent 54 minutes on this. Yes. Uh, I don't want to shortchange too much, but I don't want to go too long. Alfred, please go to NXT because NXT had some good, good shit, too.
0: Very good show. New Year's Evil. Uh, what? what, what, what uh, uh, and
2: real quick, before you get into this, Justin, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, I'm sorry, Alfred, we'll spend sure. some time on this, um, because this was a really big show. You guys, um, I'm the one who usually rushes us off this one. So, um, if that's cool, we'll, we'll just get, take it as it goes. Cause this was a really good show. We got to give it its props. Absolutely. You know what I mean? God, sorry.
0: Sorry, Al. But we get into New Year's Eve. It opens with Dexter Loomis. He's in the dark. He turns the lights on. He's in a control room, and they start the show. We go right into Karrion Cross versus Damian Priest. As we mentioned before, I just love this match. It's a very hard-hitting match. Oof. If you didn't like the high-flying of the Young Bucks in that eight-man tag match, this was for you because they were just beating the hell out of each other. Uh, Karrion Carrion Cross basically took most of this math, but they're presenting it like Damian Priest is this badass who could take a beating. He did make his comeback. They had a pretty scary spot where Carrion powerbombed uh Damian Priest. Uh, it was a good looking powerbomb in that, it was very you know, he didn't have any problem doing it, but uh, Damian laid it at a weird angle and folded right in half. Uh, Carrion hit the doomsday Saito and then his new finish. It seems I think he's been watching some new Japan pro wrestling because it's a forearm to the back of the head, uh, for the one, two, three. Karrion Cross looks like a killer, and I just love this match.
2: He looked every bit of a killer, and the right person won this match. This was great. Great way to start the show, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and then they made a point to announce ahead of time, this starts the show, commercial-free, so this is a great counter to the eight-man tag you got going over in AEW. Yes. And, you know, again, I talked about I it at the start of this podcast, it's all about your appetites. This is a little bit more of my appetite traditionally but even though this even though this feud only has it only had like three weeks of a feud, it was kind of uh, uh, shotgunned. Right. But you know, like the, their names, Karrion and Cross, Damien Priest, the entrances, what their characters are, the music, how they look, how they work. This is a billboard that I could see in Times Square for WrestleMania in a couple of years. And no I and, and I'm not no trying question. to I'm not trying to use hyperbole here. This is the WWE WrestleMania no. formula. And I watch it, yes, yeah. Man. And this was I, I enjoyed watching it so much. Not surprised, Cross won. Cross has never lost in NXT, mind you. He had to vacate the title, but he never lost. Um, and all I could think was, I enjoyed this. And all I could think by the way that they had Priest lose, he even screamed at Cross like, "You know, you're a bitch" or something. And then Cross does him one more. This screamed to me like Damian Priest is done in NXT. Yeah, and, well, and, 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 I mean, I hard I, hard I, hard I,
0: hard
2: I did hard not hard. like. I did not like them working against each other this soon with Cross coming back just because Damian Priest is supposed to be this another monster, another big time star that we're lucky to be able to watch on NXT still cutting his teeth, if you will. Um, But he's going on to bigger and better things. There's no question. Um, So maybe that's what maybe that's what this was, you know.
1: Bigfoot Sneakerhead 999 Super Chat. Matt, I know you said this before that the NXT women's roster is amazing. Not going to lie, when you're right, you're right. I wish they would give them all give them an all women's takeover.
0: Yeah, this women's and I tweeted earlier <laughs> tonight. The NXT women's roster yes. might be the best roster in all of wrestling in terms of a deep roster with a lot of killers who want that title. Mercedes yes. Martinez called out Io Shirai. Tony Shirai's been calling, or Tony Storm's been calling out Io Shirai. Rhea Ripley's at the bottom of this division. That tells you how loaded this division is. Raquel Gonzalez is going to be the number one contender. We saw Zia lead tonight, which we're going to get into. There's a lot of women who seem like capable contenders who can beat Io Shirai. Absolutely, I will
2: argue. I, I will stack them again. Okay, sure, you've got to Sasha Banks, the Baileys, Charlotte Flairs, Becky Lynch when she comes back. But, like, I'll, that's just the top four, though. You know what I mean? On, between Raw and SmackDown, there's some others, obviously. I think Lacey's a big star waiting to happen if they ever did right by her. But, you know, but other than that, I and mean, there's some others I'm leaving out, but you cannot compare them. I mean, dead serious from top to bottom with that NXT women's division. Uh, I'll take it any day of the week. They should have their own show. No, I I agree with that.
1: I'd watch it. And I just want to, we don't normally do non super chats, but I'm, I can see the chat at the moment. So I just want to point this out real quick before we move on. James Potts, uh, sends a comment saying priest, LOL. That's punishment. Martinez fool. Yeah. I know he was punishment. Martinez. That's what he was. He would have been better staying off in ring of honor. James. Think for a second. Yeah, punishment Martinez sounds cooler oh, nice. than Damian Priest, but Damian Priest it does. It does sound. But, cool. but 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 Damian Priest is not. It's it, it's not a terrible name. What have you? And he, and he still, he's still doing the same move set. Look, what have you? Think about what you're saying, James. If he's being asked, okay, we know punishment Martinez sounds good, but we want something that we can own. So you're gonna be Damian Priest, but you're gonna be successful next T and then you're going to go and let's say you're going to get some, you're going to get some WrestleMania paydays. Oh yeah. He's better off staying ROH. No disrespect to ROH. They do good what they do in their realm of things, but ROH doesn't have WrestleMania paydays. So just James think, think for a second beyond what you like as the fan punishment, Martinez,
2: WrestleMania, WrestleMania paydays, brother. They don't have a uh, OVW. Six Flags, Summer Scissors, or Series payoff, let alone WrestleMania. It's not even comparable.
1: Right. I, I love James Like fans I'm, I'm just don't like – like, but you don't about think about when you say but, these things.
0: And I also fully expect to see Damian Priest slash Punishment Martinez in the Royal Rumble match. With that, in full crowds, would be a huge payday in and of yeah. itself. He's going to get a lot of exposure. I think they're going to have him get a couple of eliminations maybe too. He's
2: and, and let's hope they do right by him, though, because unfortunately, the WWE has proven to us they will not get that right when they bring them up from NXT. So I hope they do him right.
1: No, then I get it. I'm but I'm just saying, like, just think about, it. like, from the perspective of business, if you if you are if you are the man, Punishment Martinez slash Damian Priest, like, I, it ain't like they called him Joe Blow, it, a, you know. Real quick, do, go
2: back. No, James' eyes about about Jim. James, James is a cool dude. I, I'm coming off and coming back because this delay is killing me. I want to choke myself right now. I'll be right back. This phone is killing. Me.
0: Okay, while Matt goes back, we will get into the backstage program that they had. It was Cole and Roderick Strong doing a promo backstage. Uh, Cole's putting himself over, putting Roderick Strong over. Roderick Strong put over Breezango. He says that, um, but then Cole says that uh, Cole and. Stronger at another level. They want to win the Dusty Rhodes Classic. And the prophecy begins tonight with Kyle O'Reilly in the main event. So that's another one of those things that I like. Kind of a Dusty Rhodes thing where you're putting over the main event even though you're talking about another match. So that was really cool. Uh, Then we get into Santos Escobar versus Grand Metalik. No wonder Matt left. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder Matt about this one.
1: Alpha, real quick before we go into that match. uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, $5, said Priest was supposed to show up on SmackDown last week get involved in the Reigns-Owens angle. But according to WrestleVotes, was written out last minute. Yeah, there is some. Spe- <laughs> Russell votes did the Russell votes, the uh, mysterious Twitter account that's been uh, awfully accurate, uh, did tweet that there was some NXT call ups who were going to be involved in tonight's show who were supposed to be originally in last week's SmackDown that got rewritten. Uh, so you know, Priest has been one who's been speculated. It's not you know we, nobody knows for you know, none of us will ever know for sure, but he's been one of the ones speculated, and it certainly would make sense that well, why would you bring Priest into SmackDown if you, if you need to get him to, to, to finish business? So uh, we will see here, but that is that that, that story uh, in its full is on WrestlingInc.com and one other, uh, just a dollar for Ace Carter saying hello. Thank you, Ace Carter. Oh,
0: thank you, Ace Carter. Very
1: nice. <laughs> Sorry, Alpha. go ahead.
0: That's right. Santos Escobar versus Graham Metalik. Now, I will say I was expecting this to be so much better than it was, but I think this was hurt because the first and last matches went commercial-free legit. So, they did have a commercial during this match. It was your basic match. Escobar just working over Metalik's lower back so that he doesn't get to use the ropes and whatnot. Uh, they weren't really set up to have a great match. Uh, Escobar kind of screwed with Grand Metalik's mask, and that became part of the story. Uh, eventually, Santos Escobar hit Delgado or um, his finisher for the win. And it was just a clean finish. You know, Lucha House Party has kind of been heated up lately, but uh, this was just your basic kind of uh, showcase match for Santos Escobar, although Grand Metalik did get a couple spots in. This was really nothing special, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't want to say it underwhelmed, but I did have like, a lot of like high expectation. I and I, I love Grand Metalik and Santos Escobar is obviously very talented. You know, um, it was certainly an okay match. I don't want to say they, they, I mean they, they didn't flop. They did what they had to do. There were some moments. If you want to get picky and watching the X's and O's, they botched and got. You know, a little a little out of time and such. But uh, this was what it was. I'm glad that it was placed on the show where it was. It was not placed to be the, you know, the an integral opening match or turn of the hour or main event. Um, bottom line, and going back to Raw, I'm happy to see that the WWE and NXT powers to be are giving uh, more investment to Graham Aleek and uh, Lindsay Dorado. Because I think both of them are very good. So we'll see how long that sticks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm like you. I was very high on this match because I don't think it was a bad match by any means. But I, I believe my prediction was that this would be the first great match of 2021, which I, I wouldn't have been right about that. But I did think it was a good match. It just uh, for what I thought it was going to be, uh, wasn't great. We yeah. get a, a promo for Ziya Lee appearing tonight, but uh, before then. Mercedes Martinez has a backstage promo. She says, I don't care about the, the biggest badass. I care about the NXT women's title. So she calls out Io Shirai. And this is what I was talking about earlier. I wasn't necessarily talking about top to bottom from talent wise. NXT and UFC and MMA get this right. In that when there's a champion, there's four or five people calling them out. And Mercedes Martinez is just the latest woman to call out Io Shirai, which does add value to the title to me. Is I like having all these women who look like badasses calling out Io Shirai. And uh, the next woman badass would show up tonight. I don't know what you thought about this, Justin, but I, I want to get your opinion, obviously. We get the payoff to Zylie and all those segments. We get the act. So, essentially, what this is there's a masked individual sitting on a throne. So, this person is in the flesh, sitting on a throne. There's this dark, ominous music. Zylie and Boa are walking side by side. Zylie is wearing a lampshade, it looks like. Uh, Boa takes it off. Uh, Boa's kind of dressed like Mr. Anderson from The Matrix. He's just got the glasses and the suit, like the FBI look. Zaya Lee looks very fierce. Uh, Zaya does this kata, like a karate sequence using daggers. And she is just, they have her in the ring and they just kind of get this close up on her. She's just shredded. Her shoulders, or she looks, she's always been in great shape, but it really plays into that retransformation angle. She looks very shredded. Uh, she has this match with Katrina Cortez. Poor woman doesn't get any offense. Uh, Zai doesn't sell anything. She just strikes her, beats the hell out of her. Uh, every once in a while, it's a very quick match, but she turned and she would look at the figure sitting at the throne. She would bow, uh, and then she just beat Katrina Cortez. One, two, three, clean in the middle.
1: Yeah, this is something I was looking forward to. Uh, this whole repackaging and the debuting. Um, I thought it came off great first off I thought Zaya I mean and and they showed the replay they did the due diligence Zaya there's some kick some knees and kicks connected um so I thought it did a great job you know yeah who's a mysterious figure a little cliffhanger there um, I, I was all into this I, I've been into these vignettes once I got what's once I, once I caught into them and really started paying attention uh, and again we just add to the depth of of, of women's talent and creative. So uh, I'm all for. I was a Zia Lee fan prior to this, but now that we have some, some serious, you know, depth to add uh, to her character and Boba as well. Um, I'm yeah, all good this, with this.
0: This is an undertaker like character in, in yeah. that it's dark, ominous character. She, yeah, you're right. Just, she beat the hell out of this woman with these great strikes as uh, she gets her powers. It's kind of like the urn from this character. Mm-hmm. I really like this act. It's, you can't take your eyes off of it.
1: And, my, and I just want to throw in, cause you mentioned it right before the Mercedes Martinez is doing her promo. All I can think as I'm watching is I'm like, boy, she's so glad she dodged the retribution bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Remember
0: when somebody would get called down to NXT and was like, oh, no, what happened? But now it's like, oh, man, you got out of prison. Oh, congratulations. It's like a new lease on life.
1: You know, if you're Dolph Ziggler and Hunter calls and goes, I'm going to bring you down and do a run for three months and it's going to culminate in an NXT TakeOver match, you want to do it? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, yeah, the dynamics have changed for sure.
0: 100%. Uh, we go backstage, and unfortunately, Timothy Thatcher cannot compete. They do this quick B-roll of Thatcher storming off. You see Regal talking to a, tr- a trainer. So Thatcher's not able to compete in the pit. That match is canceled. Uh, then we go to a Bronson Lee, a Reed interview, very basic stuff. He just says that he's putting the whole place on notice. Then we get into Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez, which was one whale of a match. Uh, this is another kind of monster's bash where they're beating the hell out of each other, but now there's weapons and plunder. and I thought they did a great job with this. At one point, Rhea Ripley handcuffed Raquel Gonzalez to the chain link fence, and Raquel just broke away from it. Uh, they used the bell. They went through a glass door. Uh, they There was a really scary spot where Rhea Ripley took a back bump on the table, but she hit the edge of the table before it broke. It looked very scary, but she seemed to be fine. I'm sure she'll be uh, sore in the morning. Uh, this is a very funny spot where Dakota Kai came in with a candlestick, stick, uh, started beating the hell out of Rhea Ripley, but then Rhea overtook her and stuffed her into a locker. Like, literally stuffed Dakota Kai's whole body into a locker for the rest of the match. As far as I'm concerned, she's still in that locker. Uh, <laughs> they, they essentially, uh, the finish comes where they're on the steel step, and both Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley go through the stage, uh, through kind of the entranceway, because uh, Raquel hit, like, a modified powerbomb Raquel is able to get to her feet before the ten count, so Raquel beats Rhea Ripley in a very good last woman standing match. Justin,
1: uh, very good. Um, you know, I mean, the guy. This, this, this could have ended the night, and this, this could have main evented, and there would have been no—I uh, don't think any complaints. Um, you know, and then you look again, timing-wise, this is right about as I think the abaddon sheet of matches ending we're going into the the introductions of the of the world title match so uh, you know nxt fired their shot you know this is a great match uh obviously th- this is a great build they really had like you know a lot of weeks into build to this um it looked violent it was violent uh <laughs> the dakota kai spot as you mentioned it's funny but, it, but but relevant how do you neutralize her um much like how I felt at the end of the Cross Priest, I felt this might be the end of Rhea Ripley at NXT. I might see Rhea Ripley show up in the Women's Royal Rumble in a few weeks. Yeah, um, so Rhea
0: Ripley's a favorite. She's one of the three top favorites, and they just updated the odds, and they haven't changed. So, And
1: that, and that, that that's a pretty wild thing. When you're an NXT-exclusive talent, you are being already – yeah, right, already <laughs> odds makers are putting you at – a top three for for rumble so yeah i mean you know this this was a obviously was a tv special but this is you know storyline purposes it's the equivalent of a pay-per-view it's it's where they want things to culminate and to reset so uh whether you're talking about priest or or ripley ripley this felt like this was and the end of of an era for them and you know we're gonna they're gonna start new somewhere else
0: and if it is, it was a hell of an era for Rhea Ripley, but it ended with a bad taste in my mouth, just uh, how much they kind of bossed her from WrestleMania 36 to now. But that wasn't for lack of effort, because Rhea Ripley still had some great matches, and she was just incredible. And I, I am actually looking forward to seeing her work with some of the main roster women. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's so many fresh matchups. You're right, whether you put her on Mondays or Fridays. um it's almost to the the point of just. Um, we've heard about it for <clears throat> for a couple of years now. Excuse me, about a, a woman's only show, whether that be on cable or a network only thing. There's just so many women. <laughs> That's I mean, oh, yeah. and I mean, and I say that in in a, as a good thing. There's so many talented women between Mondays, Fridays, and then on NXT. I, I think you get to a point to where you don't just want to have okay. The Raw Women's Title, the SmackDown Women's Title, and then the Tag Team Titles—like you want to be able to have all the stories that are just just stories. They don't have to revolve around a title, but the only way to fit that in, I think, is you need to have more programming for them. And you know, I don't want to dismiss 205 Live, but I almost feel like if you replace 205 Live with a women's only show, you'd probably see more bang for your buck, in my opinion. But all in all, good problem to have a lot of talented women that we are all trying to keep track of. Where are they in the WWE universe?
0: Absolutely. And to your point, not to jump ahead, but this is very relevant. They did make an announcement that there is going to be a Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Classic. So they might be on their way to developing brands in a whole separate entity for the women, because now it's time. They have too much. They have an excess of talent of women on all three brands.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you do the stats, and I'm sure we could call upon, you know, friend of of, of this show and and such, you know, Sean Ross Sapp. And if you really go into the stats, I I guarantee if you looked in the last two years, the women across WWE and NXT platforms have probably, you know, main evented or, 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 you know, done more significant segments than we probably make a point to, to highlight, but it's there. And then again, Ripley losing, I felt like, again, okay, she's probably going to Raw or SmackDown. Again, good for her. Good for our SmackDown, but it's like, God, they have just such a plethora to use, and I feel like they don't have enough time to use them.
0: Matt, what do you I, think about this women's match between Ripley and
2: Raquel? We're trying to give props before to Hager and uh, uh, um, Wardlow for a, a forward-thinking big man's match. And here's the thing. Both of these two women are much bigger by comparison to their counterparts within their division. Yeah. And I'm not blowing smoke. I was much more impressed with their match tonight. Dead serious. I was blown away by it. I yeah. am not, It's not hyperbole. I, I, I knew I would be. I think we all knew we would be. But even this still went a little bit past my expectations. Like, this was freaking awesome. Like, I'm going to go back when we're done tonight. This will be one of the matches I watch again. I'm also going to watch the Young Bucks, Two Sweet and, you know, gals and them. But this, for sure, I'm definitely gonna rewatch again.
1: I think not to pick on Nia Jax, but like Nia Jax, she's someone who gets uh, booked on on Raw monster, yeah, as a monster. And you know, like you know, she does what she does. <sighs> she has her limitations, and of course, she's had her critiques of you know hurting people sometimes, yeah, right, exactly. Um, and I, and I don't know, I don't know if it's her fault or not. I, I don't know, but I, I look at her Raquel Gonzalez and I'm like, okay, here's someone who can play the big woman spot but also was athletic also just has a lot of appeal like just so much appeal to her i'm like i feel like you could put her in the nia jack spot
2: oh like that
1: and and like maybe you get more out of it and again i don't i don't no
2: no 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 you're going to take too long to get to it stick where you are cuz you're 100% right better yes it would be better yeah all
1: i want all i wanted to say is i'm sorry i don't want to throw nia Jax on the bus but i just think Raquel – throwing
2: her under the bus that's like when I got a chance to go out there and debut like San Team Lesnar. I'm sure there was guys in OVW going, Heidenreich right. would we'll be better than Morgan. Like everyone has a right to say that, things like that, have an opinion like that. Except this one's true. Um, Gonzalez is that freaking good. And she's yeah. still raw. That's the scary part. She's still getting better. She's still green. And that's not an insult. When people hear the word green, they always assume like, oh God, that must mean an insult. No, it's not. No. no, it's not. Cornette used to call me, Either green or a puppy with big paws still, meaning I still had to fill out, I still to fill out my wrestling uh body, if you will. Um, because I so, so many more years left in me to improve. Um and, and really good uh potential, right? And Gonzalez's potential is frigging
0: insane. Insane. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be one or the other between uh Raquel and Nia Jax, but having yes. a that, if we were to choose, Michael Gonzalez also seem like a bigger, faster, stronger, maybe not bigger, but just a better version of Nia Jax, like exactly what they wanted She's Nia
2: Jax to be. taller, though, isn't she?
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess taller from heights. Dude, in
2: wrestling, I don't know why Vince McMahon just this to me, and he's correct. When you watch TV, tall equals big. I don't yeah. know why, but it does. It's weird.
0: Now we get into the Gargano's. Before we go to break, the garganos have Yay. a cavalcade. They're in a convertible. They're surrounded by <laughs> I kind of love this that they go to commercial, but they do a picture in picture of the cavalcade <laughs> as if we need to see them being like ushered in. So here come the Gargano. This is a really fun segment. Yep. Uh, Gargano starts it off, talks about all these curses. This is great because Gargano is a legit Browns fan. I believe he's from the Ohio yes. area. And yes. he said, this is the week that the Cleveland Browns curse of going to the playoffs have been broken. That's a huge story if you're a sports fan. Yes. And then Gargano yes. compares that to his own curse being broken. He says, yo, Candace, yes. I did it. And they're doing this little angle where this is a long-term payoff, I think. They, Gargano keeps talking about his lady and the woman he loves. And he's talking about the NXT Uh, North American. (laughs) (laughs) talking about her. But they've been Uh, doing it. They did that in the Christmas segment. Remember where he kept saying the woman that I love. He would show the NXT North American Championship uh, without really telling Candice that that's what he's talking about. So I think that might eventually be their demise. But they played off of that. Uh, Then they showed this incredible drawing of the family picture. It's like the Fantastic Four, the Garganos, with Austin Theory looking like the Thing, just shredded, and then the rest of the Fantastic Four. Really good stuff. And then uh, Gargano and Austin Theory announce they're entering the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Uh, they're interrupted by Shotzi Blackheart, who fires a missile at Austin Theory's ghoulies, as Wade Barrett calls them. I was not familiar with that term, but he hit him right in the ghoulies. And then Dexter Loomis shows up ringside. He rings the bell, and we have a match. It's the Garganos uh, against Kushida and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, we get the match. I'll get the match quickly before I get to your guys' thoughts about this whole yeah, segment. Sorry. Spencer Lubis is a guest commentator. doesn't say a single word.
1: It's uh, <laughs> so great. They, they
0: cut to him on, on the other table, and they're just it was really funny. because He's just sitting there not saying anything, and Wade Barrett's freaking out over it. Uh, Shotzi had another moment. Man, she's building quite the uh, highlight reel of scary moments. She did a suicide dive, almost landed right on her face, uh, but she's okay. Kushido rolls up Johnny Gargano for the win, uh, and so Kushido beats Johnny Gargano in street clothes because they were not yeah. prepared to compete. What do you think about this, Matt?
2: Okay, so real quick, <clears throat> um, I thought the Shotzi Blackheart shooting the missile thing was corny as hell. Um, I, I don't get why we need the tank crap and shooting things. And th- like, she's past that now. All right, we get who she is, what she's about, and she's a friggin' star. She doesn't need that stuff no more. Uh, my my opinion. All right, this is my opinion. Um, but the match was friggin' great. Uh, everything about this was funny, but not in a we get on, sometimes we say funny doesn't draw money and, and things like that. But this was well-placed humor. Um, having him out there on commentary, not talking. And uh, Wade Barrett played it perfectly. being yes, tripped out did. by it. Uh, Wade, 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 Wade's really good. He's really good, by the he's way. He's great. I hope people talk about it. I don't read wrestling sites, so I have no idea if, if, if people like uh, these other sites or Meltzer's and Love the World, do they put him over? I, I, I think he's great. So I don't know what others think. But, anyways, um, Johnny Wrestling is freaking awesome in this role. So good in this role. Um, I, I loved that promo. I loved the whole promo, the whole setup of everything. Um, <laughs> the picture, the picture was great. Like the whole, this whole thing was awesome.
1: Yeah, the escort's great. Um, yeah, and this is this is a new territory. Oh. Johnny's good.
2: One, one last thing, Austin Theory. You guys, I used to I buried him show after show after show. We do this and we cover it. Not because I don't like them, but just how they have booked him. He's met, he's been so inconsequential since he's gotten to NXT with how they've showcased the kid. Um, even when they brought him up to TV for a minute, they're on raw. They, they did nothing with him right now. He has never looked better physically. He looks amazing. I don't know if he's changed anything with his physique. Cause it's just him towering over short ass Johnny. I don't know, but he looks great physically. He looks like an athlete. He now looks like someone who will beat your ass in a wrestling match. Um, I like him. I, I totally have done a 180 with him, and it's the storyline, and again, i got to give kudos to freaking Johnny Wrestling. He is killing it. He's getting others over.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, Johnny's, uh, Johnny working as a heel is new territory. I, I, you know, I, I started working with Johnny back in 2010. He's never been a heel. He's always been like the Shawn Michaels babyface kind of a character. So he's, but he's, he's shining in it, and he's having fun with it, him and Candice working it, uh, them leaving the stable. It kind of works, and you know, the undisputed no, it era, works. it works. And the undisputed era, you know, you know, they're we all keep waiting, we all keep waiting for that to disband and Adam Justin. to go wherever the Pat McAfee ones disbanded. So this is like the next stable for NXT.
2: Justin, let me ask you a question, real quick, over Alfred, you as well. Um, who are you more interested by, uh, by as far as a stable? Who are you more interested with? If there's a backstage pre-tape or a promo in the ring, who are you more interested with seeing? between those two stables that uh, Justin just mentioned.
1: Oh, J- Johnny, I mean, the stuff they're doing right now, it's just, it, it's, right? it's its clever, it's funny. Um,
0: yeah, and it hasn't ran its course. It's still not. No. Like, I mean, just the visual of that cavalcade was just so so obnoxious, but it was so funny. I, I, do, <laughs> yeah. I do have a nitpick, though. I have a very small nitpick. Yeah. Uh, they did this big segment where the reveal was they had this just incredible drawing, this artwork of the Fantastic Four, in the same show where Dexter Lewis is your host, and that's his whole gimmick, because he draws, and he even drew a picture, even though this match wasn't planned, he drew a picture of these tag team match that was going to happen. And as good as Dexter Loomis is, it was nothing compared to this art. And like, I mean, they could have done anything else as a corny kind of salute to the Garganos, but to do this art in the same segment that you've got Dexter Loomis's art really kind of made Dexter Loomis look minor league. And I thought it kind of scooped his heat in some ways. If he's supposed to help,
1: no, it, there was a scoop offer I thought the same thing. I thought. The reveal is gonna be that like Dexter made it f- I-, I thought there was gonna be some connection. I'm totally with so you. There was a little so scoop of heat.
2: You're mad that like that Dexter Loomis wasn't the artist of it? Yes. <laughs>
0: well, well, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm mad, but he could have done it. Like his gimmick is he's an artist. Why did they have to have an art? Especially if this drawing was so much better than anything Dexter Loomis could draw. It was so weird, especially if Dexter Loomis is your host and he's like who it.
2: Should we be concerned that? where the most interesting thing we find about dexter loomis is that he's a really good artist like and we're
0: okay my only problem is that because he appeared in the segment he did his art he's the host of this show and at the same time they had the the art all we had to do is just get rid of that maybe a corny family picture of real life the gargano family would have been just as funny uh, but they just had this, their heels, and okay. they had this incredible art drawing that that they posted on WWE's Twitter, and I, I don't think that made them look like heels. A and B, it just kind of made Dexter Lumis look minor league the way you know with his drawing, and he's supposed to be a babyface.
1: Wow. Okay. No, I I, I I get I get I get I get where Alfred's coming from. There's a, there's like an obvious like disconnect there, but uh, nonetheless. Whole- no,
2: no. Hashtag holy overanalyzation, Batman. Oh, that's what we're here to do now. <laughs> <Matt>. We're here <laughs>
0: No, come on. You got it. It was too much of a coincidence. I wouldn't have had a problem if it was on any other show, but on this show where Dexter is your host, where he's doing hard segments. And, and Matt, doing-
1: to be fair, the, week, the weeks leading up to this, Dexter was like drawing. Yeah! You know, yes, I, mean, no,
0: I get that. I, do, I
1: do.
2: I'm not cheering for him any more or less because he can draw good shit. No offense.
1: All right. Well, nonetheless, I will say this. The the, the cavalcade for the Garganus is great because NXT hasn't really done that. So this was cool. Real quick. Me, cavalcade. Uh, good cavalcade, cavalcade. Good word. Uh, some uh, super chats. Nightmare Knee, $5. It's frightening how good the female talent is nowadays. Asuka and EO are my favorite wrestlers, male or female. Uh, okay. No arguments there. Uh, Leonzo Duncan, a regular fan, two dollars. Hey, I saw Raquel uh, here in MEM. Uh, Graham, I'm, I'm not sure what's MEM,
0: uh, it must be a, a wrestling indie, uh, an indie promotion. Program.
2: Main I'm Event not... Mafia, I think
1: he means main. main event. Ma- I'm, I'm joking, oh. yeah. Man. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, another, another nightmare, need two dollars. Roman versus cross, how'd you book that? Don't. I mean,
2: not yet. Please don't. Not yet. Yeah. That's well, not,
1: thinking. not net, but if you're not, not now, but if you're asking for like, I mean, what Roman and, and Heyman are doing the whole head of the table stuff, and they are literally running through the existing roster. If and when cross appears, tick tock. Um. You know, I mean, I mean, there's something there of challenging the head of the table, challenging such. But yeah, I agree. We're still too early. Cross got derailed with the injury. He needs a little bit more time in NXT, I think, to cement his his spot.
2: But when we talk about people that Roman needs to pass the ball to when it's time, I'm still saying it needs to be Keith Lee. It needs to be a carrying cross.
1: Bigfoot sneakerhead, $1.99. What if they add Tesla to this roster? Oh,
0: dude.
1: It's not <laughs> evolution. Again, I, I say this. I, uh, if they were going to add Tesla, they would have done it by now. Just saying. But, but
2: he's uh, he playing
1: fantasy booker, just like you sure. imagine, kind of comment is what he's saying. Sure. Oh, sure. Uh, Andrew Ung, $1.99. Are we kidding? Cardi B versus Lacey at Mania. Dude. I'll say this real quick. Right before everybody talk, I want to just bring this in. Uh, today on the Wrestling Inc. Daily, myself and Nick Housman, Nick has access to to the analytics and such of the Wrestling Inc. website. This was the top story we talked about. I asked why is this the top story we're talking about? Because this was the top story of traffic since Monday on Wrestling Inc. Is Cardi B in the back and forth tweets with Lacey Evans and the work shoot? Are you, L- Cardi B? Do you know this is a work? So people no, are buzzing. No, no, no.
2: Car- let me tell you, Lacey is fire. That's I love what Lacey. Fire reply- that's what my reply to her was on Instagram. I love her, and uh, Cardi B, you're out of your freaking mind. If any of this is shoot, out of your mind. This yeah, is have- a military vet. This is a <laughs> military vet that that I would not mess with.
0: Yeah. And Cardi doesn't know that, and I, I would have no problem with her wrestling at WrestleMania. I think that'd be great press for WWE. It probably oh, be some of the best yes.
1: ever gotten. She's, she's got 80, 80 million followers on Instagram. 80 oh, million. The traffic
2: she for Cardi I thought, interviewed. Yeah. Our president, like our yes. president, she was the first
0: one who got to interview. Like, yes, he's a big deal. It would be a huge coup. But that Twitter back and forth, I can promise you, just by looking at it, was not a WWE concoction. Because if you looked at the language that Cardi B used, that is huh. not WWE approval. No. I will not repeat it on this <laughs> I, I, God, I, I, have, I would love to see Cardi B in WrestleMania. I
1: have to give credit to Nick Hausman, who I did the podcast with today, on Wednesday afternoon. He was like, Cardi, put the gun down. Like Cardi was taking it seriously. I was
0: ready to pull up. I mean <laughs> –
1: uh a- I mean yeah I mean look Cardi's got 16 million fans on Twitter follows on Twitter eight eighty eight zero million on Instagram if WWE could get her to do anything with them on a big stage that's a huge thing yes uh but I you
2: know. I uh, guys would you argue if they could she'd be the biggest star that they've ever got to? they've got mega stars but we didn't have the same barometers back then to measure it like Liberace kind of a big yeah. deal Muhammad yeah. Ali
1: Maybe people heard of him. Uh, well, you know, Mike Tyson. Well, and also and you're and that's a great point, Matt, but you're right. When they had Tyson in ninety eight, you know, the, the stuff of Holyfield was a couple years removed. Yes. When they had when they had, yes. when they had when they had Ali in eighty five, right. you know, his biggest matches were you know, so you know, she is the center of music entertainment now. And and, and to all the fight of AEW has a better uh younger demo number and so. this and that, that would be a huge thing for them.
0: That's exactly no, the, the point I was about to make. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it might be because if you look at when is the last time, and I'm not saying name value. When's the last time WWE got a big star in their prime? Like I think the closest thing might be Floyd Mayweather right. when he was still undefeated. He was coming off the Oscar de La Hoya fight. That might be the biggest star in terms of a big star who was in their prime. But Cardi B is a lot of a bigger deal than Floyd Mayweather right now. And yeah, that might be the biggest star that they ever got if they were to book her right now.
2: Dude, Lacey needs to keep doing it. Lacey needs to keep going, girl. Keep going.
0: Keep fanning Uh that flame. We get an announcement that NXT Takeover is going to be on Valentine's Day. They don't have a theme for it. It's just going to be called Takeover. I thought it was going to be like the Valentine's Day Massacre or something, but it's just. Or something
2: with Shotzi Blackheart. Blackheart, Yeah, some host Or something. something. Yeah.
0: We go to the main event. (laughs) It is Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Okay, I just thought of something. They could have had Shawn Michaels hosted because he's a heartbreak kid You he know, Valentine's Day. Okay, so we get into ah, Finn Balor versus Kyle yeah. O'Reilly. Uh, this was a good match. I don't think it was as good as their first match, but I really enjoyed it. A lot of no. submission wrestling early. Uh, once again, Finn Balor got busted open the hard way. He was bleeding from the head. But the story of this match was Finn Balor working over Kyle O'Reilly's jaw. I just love this stuff. They had a spot where the officials had to stop the match and check on Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. to see if he was good to go. The finish came yeah. where Tyler traps Kyle O'Reilly into a crucifix submission maneuver, stretching out his jaw, and Kyle O'Reilly just tapped out almost immediately because of all the damage that has been done to his, to his jaw. jaw. And uh, Valor was bleeding. He kind of stood up and acknowledged uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and then the Undisputed Era came down to check on him. And that's the end of your show uh, with the world title match, um, I, gentlemen. I think a Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley stole the show. I think that was the best match on the show.
2: Okay, so that that was, and I would argue that this wasn't the. This was the third best match on the show. Um, I thought the opening match was still better than this uh, as well. Um, this was a very well executed match. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. I, I'm just, I, I I was one of the demon's biggest marks. When he was a demon, I loved that damn character. But just as Finn, I don't feel it. I don't care. It feels vanilla to me, um, bo- boring-ish to me at times. Um, just the character. Um, and then the match, when they get in the ring, it's just like, okay, I'm going to watch really two good wrestlers wrestle each other and, Maybe I'm being too hard on him. I don't know. I just didn't think that this should have closed the show, and I know that's crazy because he's the champion. But I also think that's telling because I don't think he should be their champion, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, no, Matt, I'm with you. I think that the ending here was missing something. Even if it was, even if it was something as simple as Finns uh, retained, just have Scarlet at this at the entranceway. Right. Remind, reminding him that you never lost, like, you know, cross never lost this. It was kind of yeah. a flat ending. The match was fine. I agree with Alfred. I think the women's match could have put in, in the spot. I think cross yeah. and priest at the beginning could have. I think, yeah, and, I, and I'm with you. Um, Bauer has not done the uh, the the the, the, the demon gimmick in a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had a tough run in NXT with injuries and on the main roster. They're trying, to, they're trying to revive him. They're trying to give him a steady... You know, They never had him vacate the, the NXT title even though he was injured for a period of time. They're trying to re-energize him, so I give them credit for that, but I agree with you. Once we saw what is way more interesting to the demon, every time I see Finn Balor, it's just kind of like, eh.
0: Can I say something? my problem with Finn Balor.
2: What do you think about a stable? I'm just pulling this out of my butt here. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. That'd be, That'd be interesting.
0: Fun. Yeah, as long yeah, as they I, had a story think, as why they were together.
2: I, I feel, I feel he needs to be with others. I'm being serious. At this point, I've seen enough of him to realize he's an amazing talent. And that Finn, I'm speaking of Finn. He's an amazing talent as far as wrestling goes. He looks great, but when it comes to talking or character development, there's something there that he's just, he just is, I don't know. He loses it for me as a fan, and he's a friend. I don't like saying that about him. It sucks. But um, by the same token, he could do better to be in a group, in my opinion, kind of like they did with AJ for a while there. And it ended up bringing up so much out of him. AJ got so much life pulled out of him that I, as AJ's a good friend of mine, I didn't know AJ had that in him, all of that. I had no idea he could be that kind of heel. Seriously. And, And I think there's something to be said for that. I think of Sami Zayn, KO. Like, they could use it as, I think, I don't know. I think all three guys could help each other. That's all.
1: I think Finn, just as Finn Balor in the WWE world, I'm not talking about what he did in New Japan (coughs) or what have you. Right. I think just as Finn Balor, I think it's kind of a similar situation in America to Kenny Omega. You're never going to deny this guy knows how to, like, put together a fun match, an entertaining match, but it's, there's just there's a connection gap, and we've seen that Finn has this alter ego as as the demon, and you're like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, K- K- it's the same a, thing with Kenny. Analogy. That's it's the same thing with Harris. Kenny. I, I th- with Kenny, it's just I, I I hate to talk crap on Kenny, and if Kenny ever watches and I ever come face to face, I have to defend my points. It's like, dude, you're in shape. You know an X's and O's of a belt of a match, but I don't feel compelled the way that I feel it's like I doing should it now.
2: He's doing it now. Yeah, he's getting he, home he, runs right now.
1: He's he's get, he's getting there, but but it, it's just I, I I feel and I do think but part of it's the
2: good comparison by the yeah, way. Yeah, I, I think uh, where I, Kenny was at with AEW yeah. for quite a while, and Finn is now,
1: and, and probably a big and probably a big part of it is the scale. Part of it is what gets over in Japan, and what's and what's the there, and what what me the American fan is at. That's probably a big part of it. But that's how I look at. It. I look at Finn Balor and Kenny Omega is very similar. Finn has that alter ego and it's the, that's just where it is. So. They don't let him
0: use it. There's really no precedent for that. It's so weird. That's always been my problem with Finn Balor is that, at, could you imagine if the Ultimate Warrior, like that's what got me into wrestling when I was two years old. I saw the Ultimate Warrior and I was hooked forever. But like, can you imagine you see Ultimate Warrior and then ninety percent of the time he's Jim Hellwig, and they just save the ultimate <laughs> warrior. For something special. I wouldn't care about Jim Hellwig. Yeah. I would always think about the ultimate warrior. So anytime I see Finn Bal, I'm like, man, put some paint on your face. Like I know it takes a long time, but do like a quick version of face paint with the demon gimmick, or some version where you're yes. all. Yes, like, he could be a main eventer because he, when yes. he was a demon on the main wrestler, yes. he protected him. He never lost as a demon, and nope. so if they did and that a- with his character, he's a main eventer easily. Cool, cool, cool ass
2: entrance on top of it too.
1: That's a good point, Alfred. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Once, you see, once you see the Ultimate Warrior, you can't see Jim again. It has to be the Warrior every yeah. time. So, uh, hey, Andrew, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, Ong, Don and Nine. Is Walter versus Finn ever going to happen? I, I think right now we're at that's a victim of the pandemic. I think Walter's over uh, overseas.
2: Yeah, so. but that would be a great match for what it's worth. And uh, I would argue, how about this? Walter's character, which is a very dry as hell. It is Canada dry as it comes on on purpose that's yeah. a purpose he's a bruiser uh in, in between the bell once the bell rings he's a bruiser but his character is very stoic very you know but I will argue I get more out of his character for whatever i reason than I do Finn Balor's how
0: about that I never thought you, I'd say that I agree there's a way to be charismatically stoic to where he comes off like a legitimate badass that you do not want to mess with there's that's yeah. something you can't teach. He has this air about him where he's a legit tough yeah. guy, and he just understands yeah. that character.
1: And he never breaks character on social yeah. everything. You don't ever Love see he's that. He's a little bit. He's a little bit like. And, I, and fans, calm down. But you know, he's a stoic big guy. Like you don't see Brock Lesnar placating to the fans. No, he, like it, it's it's that kind of thing. He yeah. he's you know you don't see MJF. Play. It, it's uh, he holds true in the in the day and age of social media. Walter is Walter. I've never seen him. Uh, doing a make a wish thing. Nothing wrong with make a wish, but you know what I'm trying to say. It doesn't break down and and, and break the fourth wall. Um, so that was NXT. One other headline, real quick, and then we're going to get out of here, but it's a worthwhile headline I wanted to bring up from Wrestling Inc. You can read the full story. So this past week, Raw did their Legends Night. Uh, they always, it's kind of like the break the glass, hit the panic button, let's right. bring the Legends back. Right. But it works, folks. They had the best viewership and rating since March. What was the number? Uh, so it was up. Um, they ended up doing an average of 2.12 million viewers uh, on the USA Network. It's up 20% from the previous week. This um, good. First hour drew 2.1. The second uh, hour also 2.1. Uh, the third hour drew 2.0. So they never uh, dropped below two. This isn't good. I thought it was kind of I thought it was a lackluster show. I know, but but again, when you tell terrible yeah, when you say the legends are going to be there, the people tune in. That's that's terrible. That's not
2: good news. Yeah, Yeah. that's not not. that's not good news, guys. Damn it.
0: That just means that we were talking about this last show. uh, The vicious cycle is going to continue because this is what WWE does. Now WWE is incentivized. The next time the ratings go down, they still have that emergency glass case. One of these days, I really want to see where. They do a legend's night and it does a lower number so that now you're handcuffed and you have to build from your future. But this is just yeah, going to supervise them to the ratings are going to go down again, it, and they're going to go right back to the legend.
1: And, and other than I, I, I didn't talk to you guys about this Monday, other than Flayer's involvement, all the legend use was the same as always just quick cameos, no progression. Like, and there's no Austin, there's no Rock, there's no Matt Morgan. This is—it's like,
2: like,
1: <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> like what? All this it always does is go. Hey, Vince, you have nobody established right now yeah. outside of Orton, Fiend, Reigns. You know that yeah. that's that's moving the needle. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's sad.
2: It sucks. I feel bad for the talent. This is a slap in a lot of their faces because they're not. None of them are even half of them. Then I mean, used right. Um, And then these guys get to come in and and, and they pop a, not pop a rating. I'm not going to overstate it and say, you know, because their ratings have been in a shitter so badly that they climbed, what, to the toilet seat, you know, that we're going to praise it. You know, let's, let's not go too crazy. It did be, it was the highest rating since March. So that is something to be, I guess, somewhat impressed about to a certain degree. I just hope they're not overly impressed with it and they stop Doing what's brought them, what brung them to the dance, what won their Monday night war battle. I still don't understand how they don't go back to that and go, "We almost put out of business. What did we do? We did this. We created new stars. That's what we did." I just well, don't get why they don't do this.
1: And the only answer, Matt, that's a million dollar question. The only answer is that at that time, come what ninety eight. They were still the private wrestling company. Now they're the public entertainment juggernaut. So I can only imagine the decision making comes different. But that's a whole it's other podcast.
2: A, that's not a terrible point, actually.
0: Actually, it's not.
1: A it, that's a whole other terrible, terrible podcast we have to go through. Last super chat: Ethan Kaufman, five dollars. Adam Cole stands out so much more than the other three members. When yes. any other NDSP member's has a singles match, I can't get into it much. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. I've been pleasantly surprised by Kyle O'Reilly. Not like I was a big fan of him before, but just seeing his singles run, I saw a lot more in him than I thought he had. Me
2: too, but that's because I didn't think he had anything at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. So he's exceeded
2: the low expectation I had of of, not to be a dick because he's a really good wrestler, you know, but I wasn't expecting him to be, you know, the next like Shawn Michaels or anything either. Um, Adam Cole, though. He's the real deal. I love Adam Cole.
1: Yeah, the situation remains the same. Adam Cole, you can see a future. Uh, Raleigh, they put some investment in. Bobby Fish, like the guy. Uh, Roderick, like the guy. But it's like you know, good well, yeah, good hands. What do you see Vince doing with them? Uh, uh, demoting them to main event status. Main event the TV show, not main event the status on the card. Last one for sure. Then we're heading head, head, end of the broadcast. Paul uh, K, don't want to butcher your last name. Four ninety nine. Redskins Chase Young. Ten years ago, Morgan was the young of wrestling. I'm a, I'm a Washington football team. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna terrorize Tom Brady in the playoffs this Saturday what night. Chase doing? Young, rookie of the year. So Matt really Morgan.
0: Hard. I love the Green Bay Matt
1: Morgan was the Chase Young of wrestling ten years ago.
0: <laughs> I love the Green Bay Packers. I want no part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want the Redskins to win that game or the Washington football team to win Can't that game. Can't Say Redskins, so they can come to Lambeau and get slaughtered. Because I want no part of Tom Brady in the playoffs.
1: Oh my God, there's more. They they keep coming in. What is is this currency? 200 what? 200 what? Adrian Sebastian, Finn Balor with a demon gimmick worked well in NXT before main roster. But uh, main roster destroyed his normal persona that it doesn't work anymore. He should go back to being the demon, never go back to main roster. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I think if you talk to a lot of people in NXT, if they could get the paycheck that Raw and SmackDown gives, they would happily stay on NXT. And that's that. So, all right. That's it. No more super chats. Cut Thank Rogers' bank account off.
2: Matt Morgan, <laughs> plug
1: plug Man, something.
2: The Wrestling Inc. Podcast. See me here on Friday.
1: Alfred,
0: uh, at this is nasty Forbes uh, YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. Go pack, go and go. Washington football team this weekend.
1: Hell to the not Redskins. At Justin Lamar, I'll be back tomorrow during the day on the Wrestling Inc. Daily uh, to talk about the news headlines. And Friday morning, I'll be on with Mark Henry and Dave Lagreco on Sirius XM's Busted Open Radio. Thank you very much. Please take care of each other. Let's be nice. Spread this love around. Spread the podcast around. We'll be back Friday night.
0: Bye, guys.